You are listening to an MLGA Network podcast. Do you know what's not pleasant? Dating. Do you know what's even more unpleasant? Dating in the LGBT community. Obviously, I can only speak to it from the point of view of a lesbian, but it is difficult. For one, you've got the men who apparently cannot read and somehow come up in searches on dating sites. Especially, my favorite is lesbian dating sites when you end up finding a guy there. And of course, you're thinking, oh, well, maybe he's non-binary. Nope, this guy, clearly you can tell from his uh, profile talking about weightlifting and all of the awesome, I guess, manly, masculine types of things that manly men are supposed to do, whatever the heck that is. And all of that, and you're just going, okay, I don't, I don't understand. Maybe this guy just can't read. But then I find out that, and this is from asking several people and running across this scenario and talking to people about it, that a lot of guys say that they, that you miss 100% of the shots you don't take. Well, I'm getting real tired of them trying to take shots on lesbian dating sites. Just calm that crap down. There's a heck of a lot more straight women than gay women, so calm down. You don't need to try to get near lesbians. You're not going to be able to turn all of us. Thank you. Stop trying. Anyway, that's frustrating. Then you got the women who put on their profiles that if you voted for Trump or plan on voting for Trump, then do not just swipe. Just go ahead and swipe left. That's also hilarious to me because it doesn't matter if I decided to vote for him or not. The fact that you had to put that on your profile after you talked to me about your boring interests no, no, that's a, you could be the hottest chick on the planet. Okay, maybe that's not necessarily, maybe if she's really hot. I'm, nope, nope, that's an instant swipe left. None of that crap. And then you have the rare moments where you actually match with somebody. But goodness knows, is it going to be a person? It could be a bot. My favorite these days are, strangely, there's a huge amount of women who work for the military and are across the sea somewhere and have to do this long distance relationship that somehow I have to help them out financially. I just, no, thank you. It's a new version of the Nigerian Prince thing, except it's a dating site and all these women work for the military. Nope. No, thank you. That's, I don't date bots and I don't date people in the military. No, thank you. Dating. It's just hard. So I have decided I'm just going to clone myself and marry me. Problem solved. Welcome to Lesbertarian, the only place for liberty-loving muff divers and muff diving enthusiasts. Join us this week as we tear apart the political binary and take a look at issues through the lens of non-aggression and reason. I'm your host, Kim Chang. Throw on your flannel, rent your U-Haul, and let's get this thing started. We're going to start out episode 13 talking about a little something different. We're going to be talking about Star Wars. And before anybody who is not interested or who is a Trekkie turns this off and gets angry. There's a point to this. There's an article that we're going to talk about in the news section that 
involves Star Wars. However, I want to give a brief history of where I'm coming from with watching these films so that you know that my knowledge of these films is not that deep, not that vast, and that my intentions for what we discuss later will become clear. But when I decided to watch the newest Star Wars movie, The Rise of Skywalker, it was mainly because I had just been sitting around my apartment for weeks on end trying to recover from surgery and was getting bored and at the point where I could actually leave the apartment and do some things without having to worry and decided, hey, I'll go see a movie with uh, somebody in my family and the only thing that was out that looked interesting was the Star Wars movie. But I didn't grow up a fan of Star anything, actually. I didn't have a TV consistently. The times that I did have a TV because I was darn poor was I mainly watched music videos, didn't have a lot of channels, so I didn't really get to do much of watching anything on TV, and my family we were pretty poor, so we didn't really go to the movies. I can't even remember what the first movie that I watched in a theater was and how old I was. I can't recall at all. Maybe that's just me getting old and not so much a function of not having seen very many movies when I was in my youth. Anyway, that's the explanation as to how I could have missed watching Star Wars or anything. Though I did see some episodes of Star Trek that was a little hard over the years. They were playing reruns everywhere all the time. And even though I was in places where they decided to show the movie or it was playing on TV, any of the Star Wars movies, I just didn't watch. I don't know. I just wasn't interested at the time. But since I decided to get out last week, I said, well, maybe I should actually watch all of the movies so I know what the heck is going on. But I already know from being an outside fan, or not outside of the fandom, I mean, that there's a specific order people want to watch this in. So, of course, I went looking for the order I'm supposed to watch them in and find out it's more of an arbitrary sort of choice for some people. They didn't really have much of a choice. They got to see them when they were coming out in theaters, something like that. I didn't have that luxury, so I went with, I don't know if it's Rinster or Reinster, I guess is a super fan who decided to make a watch version that preserves a certain reveal that obviously people who are outside of the fandom would know what that is, an important formative moment, and it kind of preserves that in a way and kind of follows a good storyline so you're not lost and all over the place. But that order goes A New Hope, Empire Strikes Back, Phantom Menace, Attack of the Clones, Revenge of the Sith, Return of the Jedi. And of course, I stuck The Mandalorian in there. I think that one, I did that one after Revenge of the Sith. I tried to keep a lot of this stuff in some sort of order of the story so that it told a linear enough story for me to understand it. I just went with that way because I only started this whole marathoning of the movies and of course the J.J. Abrams versions or versions the his episodes and all that I had to watch all that and the Mandalorian from Wednesday to Friday so I marathoned them that way because I was also studying for some engineering certs so I couldn't just sit through an entire day or two and get them all out and then watch the last movie so that's where I'm coming from with Star Wars and if I was asked if I find Star Wars or Star Trek more interesting the Problem is, it'll probably take me over a year to watch all the Star Trek, but I've seen a fair amount of those episodes and find them entertaining. I think Star Wars might be more of a 
more down my alley, mainly for the fact of it's not just this whole, you know, space opera where they're just focused on going to planets and meeting new creatures and all that. There's an underlying narrative. There's a, it's very fantasy sci-fi to me, and I find it pretty fascinating. I'm kind of glad I got to be one of the people who experienced it long after it's been out. I got to watch it in a specific enough order where the story made sense to me, and ran into some of the questions that most people already have, like Luke kissing Leia, <laughs> to find out what we find out later. Later, I'm pretty sure that uh, Lucas cannot say that he knew they were going to be related when that happened. And the one thing that I could, couldn't stop thinking about was the fact that there are so many fans of Star Wars that are just straight up statists. How in the world can you be a statist and be such a huge fan and not see any of the detriment you got the whole, it's t told from the perspective of people who are rebels. It's the Federation and, and against the government and all of that. And somehow people can't see what power does. I guess maybe they're just thinking absolute power corrupts absolutely. And we're not at that point, which you've got to start somewhere and continue down a path to get to a point. So it's not like we're all that far away from it. But I guess that's the blinders you get to have. Movies, a good story teaches you something, tells you something, gives a moral, can sort of help you through work through things, work through theories, work through possibilities, work through stuff that you've been through or seen people go through or might go through. And we still think of it as just entertainment. Sometimes we like to think of it as a teachable moment when it benefits us, and then other times we just put blinders on and go, well, that was nice entertainment, but... I would think that if you look at Star Wars, it just tells you pretty much what power can do. It can definitely corrupt you and turn you evil. And that a lot of the the Jedis, well, the more uh, irreverent ones like Rey and Luke and Anakin. God, I can't stand Anakin. I guess that's the point is we weren't supposed to like him because he turns out to be Vader, of course. But goodness, he just drove me crazy the entire series. Just wanted him to go away. He was super obsessive with Padme. Goodness. Oh, creepy. Not Twilight level creepy, but geez, that obsession. But I guess if you have that much power and the force flowing through you, maybe you just feel things a heck of a lot stronger than anybody else a lot faster. But hey, we only have, what, the space of, I don't know how many days for these adventures that they're doing together. Like one, two, I don't know. And they're falling in love in like two seconds. But either way, I don't understand how you can watch all of Star Wars and not see that power pretty much is going to corrupt people and that the people, if you don't listen to the will of the people, you just get this this craziness that goes on. You get the Emperor Palpatine and all kinds of crazy things. Anyway, now it's on to the news so that I can connect this to something and it's not just my rambling on a first time or watching Star Wars. From Gizmodo.com's article reviewing Star Wars The Rise of Skywalker, Quote, instead of two of the biggest characters in Rise making a landmark moment for LGBTQ plus representation at the box office, we spent a second with a background character with a handful of lines across the three Star Wars sequels and a new character made for the film with even fewer lines to her name. Oops, well, I guess there was a lot of anticipation, anticipation that I didn't even know about because, like I said, didn't even really start watching Star Wars until last weekend. So, I guess the problem was... Everybody wanted there to be some sort of bromance that turned definitely romantic between Poe, Dameron, and Finn. 
the uh, stormtrooper, the defective defected stormtrooper. Well, I think they're all defective. They can't aim worth shit, so I guess that makes sense. But that was a, I guess they thought was a huge missed opportunity. For me, I don't know. Could I see it? Well, I guess. I don't really know what Star Wars is trying to do with the romantic lines for a moment there. I thought Poe and Rey were going to be something. I don't know. It was really awkward. They were, they were trying to recreate the Han Solo Leia thing. I don't know what they were doing there. And of course you got Finn who was worried about her safety. I, I don't know. I could see... No, I can't really see it. I guess we should be happy for the kiss, the lesbian kiss, but really it isn't part of the story for me. It's not important. Yeah, it'd be nice to have two you know, male leads that are in a relationship, but is it necessary? Star Wars to me is just pretty much, like I said earlier, space opera. That's all adventures. It appeals to men and women, but a lot of the fans I run into are definitely men. There are some of us women who would definitely want to run around with lightsabers and and shooting up people and stuff like that. And that'd be, you know, fun if we got to do that as an adventure. If we got to somehow be in some sci-fi land and enjoy that kind of adventure. That'd be cool. Just like I want to be in Westworld. And just kind of shoot up things. That'd be great. With no consequences except these poor artificial intelligent machines who suddenly have feelings. How sad. By the way, Westworld apparently returns, what, in I think March? Something like that? May? It's going to be great. Anyway, back to the point on hand. I just don't think we need to be forced in these things. That's the thing. If if somebody wants to decide and George, George Lucas is fine, George Lucas Films has decided that they are going to have gay characters and they're going to be upfront, bold. It's going to be the main character in a movie or something like that or a, a series. I don't know. Maybe... If they decide to write that, I'd be on board with it, but I just don't see how it's super important in a world where our main concern is just watching these people in their adventure. Yes, some of their love interests, their family members are play a part in their destiny, but the fact is this is just about world building and personal build, uh, building of people. And sometimes those involve relationships, sometimes straight, sometimes not does not matter. That's not the full focus of the story. It's, it's the adventure of the people, of the Jedi, and everybody around them. So I don't think it's that important. It's nice that we did have a lesbian kiss, but hey, anybody getting ready to make the new Star Wars, but with gay characters? Sure, go ahead. I'm pretty sure we have some writers in the LGBT community that can do it. Why not? Write your story. I'm working on mine. It'll take a bit. Probably not going to be Star Wars. I don't think anybody can recreate that, but I'm pretty sure we can make something groundbreaking. LGBT community doesn't necessarily have to continually try to get its hands in everything, because once again, it's about power, and I don't understand how you can be a Star Wars fan and not see people are obsessed with power. We can create our own versions of things, and maybe if it's actually good, we will be able to permeate pop culture, and that'll be awesome. That's the way we do it is create something awesome enough that people don't even focus on sexuality, they focus on story. And that's what Star Wars should be. You're so focused on story that you're not worried about sexuality. Boom, there you go. On to our next article from National File. Boy George calls gender pronouns modern form attention-seeking. Says leave your pronouns at the door. 
what happened, I guess, they, he retweeted, Boy George retweeted something from somebody whose tweets are now protected, and he just basically said, modern form of attention-seeking in regards to gender pronouns. I can't actually read the tweets of the Twitter account he was talking about originally. However, of course, this caused a huge uproar. And the other thing he said to make people angry, not as angry as the gender pronoun one, was that he said, what kind of vegan pops into a burger chain? A pretend vegan. All right. So I guess we'll go with the vegan one first. I guess it makes sense that, I mean, Burger King. Burger King. Yeah. I mean, if you want more business, yeah, go ahead and have something that's plant-based. I mean, that's just a monetary thing. So if there are people looking for it, I don't blame Burger King for having it. That's fine. It's the fact of, I don't know, we, it's done in the keto lifestyle as well, and I, my diet's a lot more keto than anything, is that, is the making substitutes for certain things. And I guess that's fine because there might be a certain comfort to it that you're, or a certain flavor you don't want the guilt of the calories or whatever that crap is, or all of the stuff that, to me, just kind of, Makes your health worse because a lot of these preservatives and the crap they put in food in America is awful. So yes, I can see wanting to have some of your old comfort foods, but it's just, I don't know. If you're expecting something to taste like burgers that's not burgers, well, you're going to be sorely disappointed. You might just want to eat a burger, but hey, I guess I can get down with, you know, sometimes you want a burger without all the burgerness, whatever. I can't get mad at you for that, but then I guess you can't get too mad when people are confused why you would go to a burger joint for something that's not a burger. So I can see both sides. But then we'll move on to the more important part of this, the pronouns. And there were some people that had some good responses on both sides. There was one top comment, what does it take to show others respect by using their preferred their preferred pronouns. I wouldn't not use your name, so why would I not use your preferred pronouns? People are too quick to criticize others' lifestyles and identities. If people want attention, there's usually a reason. Ask them. And then another one just says, an opportunity to show basic respect, my darling, is using pronouns. And I guess I, I can see the point on that. I, If my friend here, you know, my friend John, he says he's a man, and I call him John, and... He's fine with that, but maybe he doesn't so much enjoy when somebody who is a trans man decides to say, hey, my name is Bob, and he's saying, you know, no, no, you are, you're, you're not who you say you are. I'm going to call you something else. Well, sir, John, would you like me to call you something else? Well, no, I'm a man. I was born a man. Well, you say you're a man, and in order for me to call you one, I, well, I did look at you and guess from that. You confirmed it. You are a man, so I called you one. And I guess it's the same respect that you're affording to somebody. Yeah, maybe they weren't born that gender, but really, I mean, I call you what you tell me your name is. My name is Kim. It's technically Kimberly, but I would prefer to be called Kim, and you go with that, and you call me Kim. That, that's fine. You call me Kimberly. might smack you upside the head. Actually, wouldn't smack you upside the head. I don't like to be called Kimberly. It's not really my favorite, but hey. I tell you to call me Kim, and you call me Kim, and that's cool. So that's fine. I don't see anything that's 
wrong with that. It's not going to hurt you any. It doesn't cause you physical pain. You don't crumple into a ball. If you do crumple into a ball, you might want to look into getting some therapy. If you call somebody a gender pronoun that you don't think they should assign to themselves, who cares? It's not going to change your life, is it? I mean, calling this person, calling them Bob, and you think that Bob is now is still a she, then it's it doesn't really harm you, does it? So don't be a jerk. Just go ahead and call them what you what they want to be called. It doesn't harm you. Not changing your darn life. However, the problem comes when somebody tries to tell me that you have to call me something by law. If you try to force me to do something, that tells me number one, it's not a good idea. And number two, that why why? Why do you feel this need? If somebody else wants to be a jerk and not call you that, well, they're going to be a jerk. You're going to actually run into more people that are not jerks. I can guarantee that. You will run into people that are going to be jerks. You can be straight and find a jerk on the street anywhere. But for the most part, people are going to call you the, the pronoun you ask. That's just how I've seen it around a lot of the trans people I, I mean that I've talked to in everyday life will say, hey, most people do respect it. Some don't. And those people can kiss my ass, is basically what a lot of them say. But it's usually the rare person that's going to give you a lot of trouble on pronouns verbally. Some people might not give you any trouble and they might not agree with it inwardly, but they'll be nice about it. But there are the jerks out there that'll be that way and fighting. Yeah, I understand that they feel strongly that, you know, I'm not going to give any validity to it. Just calling somebody by their name or gender isn't going to give validity to the idea itself. It, yeah, it might validate it in their mind, but it's already validated in their mind and, you know, who cares? It's their life. You being a jerk isn't going to suddenly magically make it change. And I guess that's the point. They don't really care if it changes or not. Tennessee's General Assembly has created a bill, HP 1572, centered around education. As introduced, requires elementary and secondary schools that receive public funding to ensure that student-athletes participate in school-sanctioned sports based on the student's biological sex as indicated on certificate issued at time of birth. Provides for the cessation and restoration of the school's public funding. Establishes a civil penalty of not more than $10,000. Requires a public official to vacate the official's office for taking certain actions contrary to the intent of the law. Amends TCA Title 49. Well, that's the scary thing about putting your kid in public school. Is that they're at the whim of the public. At the mercy of being in a public system. Which, of course, means the government, the local government and federal are going to have their sticky, disgusting little fingers in it, and situations like this happen. Some people are thinking, oh, wow, this is exciting. We'll be able to separate out the genders to make sure that we don't have any trans men or trans boys playing with girls and vice versa, all that good stuff. It, this, is, this is great. This is exactly what we want, right? N no. I just... There's a problem with the government being able to do these sorts of things. These things should be left up to the people. What What's the people's will? Because I find nine times out of ten, the stuff that people are in an uproar about, a lot of the time isn't even a huge majority thing. It's a one very, very loud minority that tries to decide these things. And what to me, it should be the majority, which are us, the people, not not these politicians that should 
be controlling things. That's how it's supposed to go, isn't it? That's the original t intent of the, the, isn't it? That's what I thought. So, to me, this is why, once again, homeschooling or putting your kids in schools where you have more choice makes sense. The public school system is just getting worse and worse. It's stopped being about education a long time ago. It's about control, about trying to shape kids into being the perfect citizen that's going to vote down the line of the D and the R. And it's, at this point, voting D. So, once again, if this doesn't tell you that we shouldn't be putting our kids in public schools, I don't know what is. You think it is helping if you're one of the people who's concerned, of course, with your child being put in some sort of physical sport with somebody who was definitely a heck of a lot stronger than them and could injure them in the process. But your, your local government shouldn't be doing that. That isn't their job. Yeah, you think this is protecting you, but this, is, this shouldn't be their job. The government should not be doing this sort of thing. I mean, if the school decided to do this, that would also cause an uproar, but at least it's on, on, on a closer level that that'd be that school's choice but then that still has to leave you the choice of okay this school decides they want to do it this way then i should be able to put my kids somewhere else but half the time we can't really put our kids anywhere else so school choice it just it sucks would you really want a huge amount of public schools to choose from i guess having a bunch of them would be better than just having the one you're forced into but this is once again why i'm a fan of homeschooling it's why i endorse trade schools over going to college and it's all about that choice to, for us, we should be making the best choice for our future. The government should not be making that choice for our future. And it's up to all of us who are adults that are going to be parents and up to the kids who are going to be obviously the future. It should be their choice and we continually have the choice taken away constantly by the school boards and everybody just being in cahoots and in love with the government and deciding to make choices and just trying to slot all of us into our neat little points in society. Not okay. And that will be all for this week, guys. Thanks for joining me. And until next time, love one another.